Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. That's right, folks. We are back. Nick McVicker, Irfan Manji, joining through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone. Lots to talk about this week. Irfan, how you doing? You ready for this? Doing good. I'm doing good. It's Saturday morning, as usual. How are you? You know what, man? I'm good. Got to play some hockey last night with my uh, my old team. Just kind of nice. Didn't have to worry about it, but got out on the ice, had some fun. Played a really good defensive game, which has become my my staple lately in hockey. I'm no longer a forward who scores lots of goals. I'm a defenseman who stops most of them. Very odd. Um, but man, it's been a busy week in sports, dude. Mm-hmm. We got the Leafs struggling in the net. We got TFC playing a really good first game, in my opinion. Uh, MLS season has started. Um, lots of news from around Europe, obviously. Um, but you know what? Let's start with our kickoff segment, sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to take your special teams to the next level. If you want more information, visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy. And Irfan, we're going to start somewhere where we normally do not go. We do not cover this most of the time. We're talking NFL Combine. And the reason we are talking NFL Combine, my friend, is because the big story from this week, which, by the way, is a ridiculous story that it is an issue for a lot of people. But we're talking player hand sizes. Not 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 play on the field, not, not, not play in the Combine. No, no, no. We're talking player hand sizes because... Kenny Pickett's hand measured at eight and a half inches and everyone lost their goddamn mind, dude. I am I want to say I'm shocked by this, but I'm not shocked by this. Really weird. It's, it's so weird. It's so funny. Like, And the fact that this guy was like a late first round, high second round draft pick, right? Before the mm-hmm. combine. That was, that was what he was projected to go. Right. After finding out his hand size of eight and a half inches, he was then projected as a third round pick. He dropped an entire round because of his hand size. So, question for you then. Yeah. What, what's the, what, what does the hand size have anything to do with, with, with pretty much anything? Like, if he can grip the ball well enough, because he's a quarterback, if he can throw yeah. the ball well enough, does it really matter how big his hand size is? I mean... It shouldn't. I agree with you. It it really shouldn't. Um, it's weird because like I don't think it matters. It shouldn't matter because as long as you said, as long as he can grip a football and throw a football pretty successfully, yeah, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, but I mean, for a has, lot of people, set, it does. Look, he set the school records and career co- completions, pass yards, and passing like past TDs. Right, the guy should probably stay in the second round, maybe late first round for a team needing a, a quarterback. Yeah. But I don't know. That's a little weird. It's so odd. I I just it is so like we're talking about speed, we're talking about strength. You know, we're talking about accuracy, and it's like, hold on, let's uh let's talk a little bit about hand size and why this quarterback's just gonna drop a full round. Yeah, like it it baffles me that this is the biggest story coming out of the combine. Is that this one quarterback has small hands, small-ish hands? Not I w- can't even say they're necessarily small hands, but small-ish hands. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, well, he can't play in a cold weather location." Um, why? He played Pitt for five years, right? Like he, he <clears throat> and I get, I get. Everyone is gonna say fumbles, right? Because he had, I think he had thirty-eight fumbles across four years, right? Yes, he had 38 fumbles, but as we just said, he set school records for passing. It, All right. 
as long as you can get on the ball, it's fine. If you're worried about fumbles, then that team needs to add, you know, offensive linemen or somebody that's going to make sure he doesn't get caught in pressure. I don't know. Like, you you have a whole defensive scheme to protect your quarterback, no? Like, to stop it, maybe Pitt didn't have that and it forced fumbles. They could be forced fumbles, not just, oops, I the ball fell out of my hand. Yeah. I mean, this guy's from New Jersey. Yeah. Played in pit. He knows cold weather. Like, this isn't, like, it's not his first rodeo with cold weather people. Like, if you draft him to a cold weather team, you shouldn't worry about him that much because he should be okay. I'm not going to say he will be, but he should be okay. You're right. And the fact, it's just, it's so annoying to me that this is his biggest fault is that he has a semi-small hand. Like, I, I, I yeah. don't get it, Irf. I just don't get it. Listen, we talk about everything on the show. Now we're talking about small hands. You know, like I, don't, <laughs> like it's just the range <laughs> that we have. I guess that's what we should be proud of. But good, goodness, like <laughs> I just don't get it. Like I understand that. Yes, it's a projection, right? Mm-hmm. But there's been quarterbacks in the past that have had small hands, like. We look at Joe Burrow. He only has nine-inch hands, a half-inch bigger, right? Yeah. Lynn May in the chat is saying, Michael Vick had eight-and-a-half-inch hands. Michael Vick. Remember how good of a quarterback that guy was before things went sideways? hmm He was elite. <laughs> I mean, elite. I guess people need a story, man. I don't now, know. Now, <laughs> I want to make it very, very clear. Kenny Pickett is no Michael Vick. Okay, Michael Vick was a generational talent as a runner and a passer. Right. He literally changed the game and made it dual threat quarterbacks could be a thing in the NFL again, which they mm-hmm. hadn't been for 20 or so years. Right? He changed that. But he had eight and a half inch hands and no one worried about him fumbling the football. So why why is this such a big deal for this kid? And I, I don't know. People made a huge deal about Burrow too with nine inch hands in his draft year. They said he, he should retire. He's not going to make it as an NFL quarterback. I'm like, that is the most asinine thing I've ever heard is that he won't um, make it because his hands are small. Um, didn't he just make it to the Super Bowl? Exactly. Like, we're literally talking about a guy who was told that he wasn't going to make it as a quarterback in the NFL because his hands were small, leading his team to a Super Bowl final. This sounds like one of those comparisons. You know when in, in hockey, when it's the smallest guy, probably won't be your best player, but, like, look at Martin Saint-Louis, Brennan yeah. Gallagher. Uh, yeah. Like, list them. Like, I can come up with a list of small guys that are undrafted and still or were undrafted as well because of this yep. and ended up becoming great talents right like, so, that's just uh so the fact ridiculous. that we're judging them on hand size uh do Listen, we need a story if or he, what if he gets drafted and then has yeah. sets a record for fumbles fine like then you can comment on it but like it doesn't matter Mm-mm. just like all these people that are worried about how big a guy is coming out of the draft He's coming out of the draft. Like, if he's overweight slightly, guess what? As soon as he gets to that NFL team that drafted him, they're going to put him through the ringer, and he's going to lose probably 20 pounds. Right? Yeah, like, He's going to turn that into something else. Possibly. Right? Like, it's Whatever. almost a right. guarantee. And yet, we're, we're talking about a guy's hand size. Just baffling. We're um, yeah, we do cover everything, but that's still ridiculous. No, no, I meant like they should worry about the positive sides of this game. And then, yeah. like, you can't fix hand size, yes. <laughs> but, like, the fumbles you can fix. Maybe it's a defensive problem. Yeah. I would also like to point out that he is not the number one quarterback in this draft, right? He's, like, fourth or fifth, mm-hmm. which is fine. He's not, he's not projected to be the elite of the elite. But we're talking about hand size, man. I feel like Allen Iverson. I think I've said that so many times. We talking hand size, man. 
We ain't talking practice. We talking hands. We're not even. That's the worst part about it. We're not even talking about on-field practice. We're not talking about how well this guy's doing at the combine in general. No, no, no. We're talking about his hand size. Yeah. Ran a respectable four point seven three for a quarterback. You know. Yeah. That's something. That's important yeah. to know. Can you get out of the pocket when you get stuck? That's a good thing to know. Great question. Right. Uh, and he made some uh, good throws as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, and on the throwing drills, so you can't really fault him. No. Can't fault him. Um, speaking of 40 drills, speed was playing a huge factor on day one at the combine, not necessarily with the quarterbacks, although big shout out to Desmond Ritter. His four five, two is a very, very good quarterback speed and a 40. Um, we potentially had a record set. It was an unofficial record, um, and has since been changed, but Tyquan Thornton of Baylor ran an unofficial 4-2-1 in the 40. It was later corrected to 4-2-8. But that was pretty impressive. Chris Olave from Ohio State also ran a 4-2-6, which would have been the fourth fastest time of all time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was corrected to 4-3-9. Now, there's two two directions I want to go with this conversation, Irfan. Lots of speed coming out of this draft class. There's no doubt about it, right? And we're seeing Thornton, we're seeing Olave, but we're also seeing like Velas Jones, Calvin Austin, Alec Pierce, Danny Gray, all wide receivers running for sub four three three, right? Mm-hmm. That's fast. Tight ends yeah. had some good times as well. Big dudes running four five two, four six one. Like that's that's impressive mm-hmm. stuff. This is going to be a fast draft class, right? Good. Yeah. The other thing, how are you off by seven tenths of a second and for Olave, 13 tenths of a second? Yeah. Like, I understand maybe the seven tenths of a second because it's, like you said, it's a press stop and start. But 13 seems as if, like, did he not start on like at the line did he not finish on the line and that's why you're trying to figure out well they run through the line right but like did he like i don't know like when did it start like yeah i don't get how the the discrepancy is that big yeah like i'm okay i I can understand the point seven okay because that's just a a manual thing but like when you get to the 13th you're you're getting close to almost like that just second and a half two seconds yeah yeah whatever yeah it just it still seems like i don't remember times being this bad ever like times being this off ever in the combine before i used to watch the combine right because i would come home from school and there was nothing else on in the afternoon nothing nothing Mm -hmm. so i used to watch the combine i don't remember there ever being unofficial times this bad They they're still doing it manually, right? Like there's someone who's there clicking and well, and there is they are set up to do it properly, like electronically, but it is still semi manual. Okay, because there's um, somebody pressing start and stop. Like it's, it's still weird to me. Like I just don't, I just don't get how that could be that big of an issue, right? Like this sounds like a let's you know tag the players with a chip, uh, like a little collar strip or something. But and then just shoe. have it or something like that. Yeah. Like just have it there and then you can use AI to uh, keep up with it or some sort of ro- robotic process automation to, yeah. to catch up to it. Like, I think that could be the future. Hey, next project. Let's go. You meet thesis project developing. I, I don't <laughs> want to write a thesis. <laughs> I'll write it. You help me come up with I'm it. not letting you write another thesis. That would just be me. <laughs> I just finished one. Uh, but I, there's so many things that you can do with like even fob keys that run across. Yeah. I know. Um, I'm aware. So, I know. I, I just think it's a little it's a little unfortunate where maybe he did beat the record. Uh, no, because th- they go back and check it. So that's the one where like the official time came out as four two eight. Right. So he didn't beat the record. He it it's still the sixth fastest dash in mm-hmm. combine history. So. 
Like, the guy can't move. The record is currently at 4-2-2, run by Josh Ross. John Ross, uh, back in 2017, who shocked the world with his time. No one expected that from him. Um, The fast class, though, which is something that I think a lot of defenses better be careful because... Yeah. And we haven't seen, we have not seen the defense, like the cornerbacks and stuff like that yet. So that, that could be interesting. Also, some running back times came out yesterday. Uh, a lot of 437, 438, 442, 443 as well. Um, yeah. Again, they're not, it's not a slow class. They're going to be, they're going to be vying for some pretty quick players coming out of this. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Continuing the NFL conversation quickly, Irfan, and I'm really tired of this conversation, but we got to have it because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We can't figure out where the hell he wants to play, and it's really, really frustrating, but Aaron Rodgers just continues to be Aaron Rodgers. And I saw a tweet, and I laughed so hard this morning that Aaron Rodgers is more dramatic than Brett Favre. And I just laughed. It's so true, though. It is so true. He is being way more dramatic than Brett Favre, and Brett Favre set the record for QB dramatics on his way in and out of Green Bay. It's just ridiculous. Like this is this is getting to a point where I don't know if I even want him back on Green Bay. Like obviously he's the best option. Don't get me wrong. But it's just getting to the point where, like, if you don't want to be here, just freaking leave. We don't care anymore. Make a decision, grow up, and do what you want to do. We're not dealing with you being a little baby anymore. Right? Like, I I don't, I don't know what else to say at this point. You just have to make a decision so that every side can move on. Your new team can get set. Put a put a game plan together for you. Green Bay can get set with who the, trying to figure out who they want to play quarterback if you leave, yeah. right? Or if yeah. you stay, they can put the put the game plan together for the free agency. Like, just make a decision so everyone can move forward with their lives, lives, lives. Jeez. Yeah, like I don't think the Packers are going to make that final decision because they they can't. You no, know, they can't. But. If they do make that decision, then they need to look for another quarterback, essentially. But exactly. The fact that, like, you know, I think Rogers making that decision, A, but also, like, the whole issue with, with the COVID vaccine, the whole COVID mandates thing, like, it kind of, like, I think teams are, like, maybe a little worried about that. It doesn't that matter anymore. They, they they've removed them. They've removed all the right, mandates but in it's the like, NFL. Right. No, I get that. But it's like, do you trust a player who may, you know, you trust the I don't know, maybe MVP? A, probably do. I'm just just putting some. I'm trying to think of something why this guy isn't moving. Um, well, no, because he hasn't it, told Green Bay what he wants to do yet. That's why. That's why there's been no deal made. Is because he hasn't made the decision where he wants to play. And until he does that, Green Bay can't move him. No. Right or Green Bay can't plan to have him. Like until he tells yeah. them where he wants to play, Green Bay is handcuffed. Because he's technically still under contract for the next year. It's not like he's free agent. You know, to speed this up, either call him and tell him we're trading you to Jacksonville. Uh, please give us an answer. He has a no trade clause. <laughs> Just scare him. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to get an answer out of him because this is like, this happened last season, last offseason, when we we're trying to figure out what's happening, it's happening this offseason. I don't know. I mean, worst comes to worst, he stays. Like, I don't think that's a... What's the thing? Like, he's the best option for the Packers at quarterback right now. Like, no yeah. offense, I don't trust Jordan Love yet. Do I think Jordan no. Love could be a good quarterback in the NFL? Absolutely, I do. I think he has the tools to do it. Do I think he's ready to be a good quarterback in the NFL? Absolutely not. He's not, he's not there yet. Mm-hmm. So, Rodgers is the best quarterback for the Green Bay Packers right now. But is it worth dealing with this stupidity? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. It's okay, really well, frustrating. If he, 
So if he leaves, where do you see him potentially ending up or a good fit for him? Uh, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk said that the top three teams in Aaron Rodgers' mind is uh, the Broncos, the Steelers, and the Titans. Right. Right? Broncos have obviously said that they want They've wanted him for a while, so that's not really a surprise. The Steelers with Big Ben no longer there. They need a quarterback. It's no offense, Dwayne Haskins, I don't think is the answer in Steeltown. That's why Kenny Pickett's been linked as a draft pick for the Steelers. <laughs> kind of makes sense. Um, the Titans I'm a little bit surprised by because they have Derrick Henry and having... Aaron Rodgers would take away from Derrick Henry. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it does make sense. The run game would change. Yeah. Or you just yeah. wouldn't get the most out of Aaron Rodgers if you're just handing the ball off all the time. So I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. That's that's what that's what Mike Florio is saying. There's also been he's also been linked to the Raiders, the 49ers, the Bucks, uh Washington Commanders, which I will not get comfortable well, saying that name. So, so a tweet came out yesterday and went, the Commanders want Russell Wilson or something. Yeah. And I was like, who are the Commanders? What? And why does like a non-NFL try, team tried want... to trade a first-round pick for Russell Wilson. Multiple first-round picks or something. Yeah, yeah. But when they said that, I was like, wait, is this like the like XFL team wanting... What? I know. I thought the same. <laughs> it, sound, it just sounds so weird. I, I honestly, yeah. Regarding regarding that name change, we're going off topic here, but I kind of like where this is going. Regarding that name change, I preferred the Washington Football Team. Yes. Like if you're not, I didn't really like Commanders. I would have been fine with a Washington Wolfpack. Yeah, that's cool. Or something like that. But the commanders just... I i know why they did it. I get the logic behind it, but it doesn't flow properly. Right? You know, it doesn't sound... A couple it years sounds now. wrong. Give it a couple years. It could be a, a situation where it rings well, or it could be a situation where we call the Rogers Center Sky Dome still. I've been broken for Scotiabank Arena, though. I never thought oh. I would get comfortable calling it Scotiabank Arena, but because of work, I now am calling it Scotiabank Arena. Right. It's not the ACC. It's No, it still is the ACC in my head. Yeah. But I've been broken, and I now have to call it Scotiabank Arena. And it's 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 kind, it kind of like breaks my heart, man. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah, I just, I hope, Rodgers can just make a decision. Sorry, back to the Rodgers conversation. I hope yeah. Rodgers can just make a decision so that all sides of this, whoever whoever ends up with him can start moving forward. Green Bay can start moving forward. He can start moving mm-hmm. forward. I'm just tired of yeah. this back and forth saga of bull crap. Yeah. Because it's it's just useless. I mean, I mean whatever team he goes to has to also recognize 38. How many years does he have left? Two, three? That's something to also... Well, I mean, it depends on how long he plays. Because how long did Brady play? 44? He could still have five years. He could. Right? Like, it's not like it's... Unimaginable? No. But it's also taken into consideration, right? Like, if if he goes to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has to be aware that, yeah, we just lost a veteran quarterback at a high 30s age or whatever. Yeah. We're going to get another one. What are we going to get out of him? Yeah, and but I mean, if he goes to Rogers Pittsburgh, they're than... still. But if they, if he goes to Pittsburgh, they're still drafting a quarterback. They're probably yeah. still drafting Kenny Pickett, mm-hmm. right? And he'll sit behind Rodgers for two, three years until Rodgers retires, and then he'll take over. Yeah, they don't, don't have not... they don't have anybody right now that could do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, fair. That'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you're looking for more information, visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy. We're going to keep it rolling for now. We're going to jump into the Leafs conversation because, buddy, it's been ugly for the goaltending of the Leafs. And I wish that it wasn't this way, but 
that's the way it is. And I don't know who they can trust right now in the net. Don't know. Which is not a good sign. <laughs> no. Going, to, going down the stretch. How much of it do you think is associated to Muzzin not being in the lineup? Well, not much. Because since how how far back should I go? I want to go. Well, let's go to December. December first, my friend. Not a single Leafs goalie has an above nine hundred save percentage. Campbell uh, and Mrazek yes. are at eight ninety three. Both of them. They're both is, above yes. three goals against. Not good enough. We have one shutout since December 1st. One. Uno. Singular shutout. You look at that, and then you look at the offensive stats continuing. Right. And that's the thing. We've played, the, the two of them have played, or have started a combined 30 games. And won 19 of them including three overtime losses. So you've gotten points in 22 of the 30 games since December 1st. Mm-hmm. But you're not getting the key saves, which in the regular season might not play a huge factor. Come playoff time, it plays a massive factor. There has been goals this week that should never go in. Last weekend against Detroit, Detroit was awful. Hey, you shouldn't be trading goals with Detroit. Sorry. No. no no offense to the Red Wings, but you should not be trading. No. And, hey, full credit to the Red Wings. They're having a much better year than they normally do. Yeah. I think they're, what, fifth in the division right now? Just, yeah. So, they're having, they're a, hockey. They're having a good year. They're not going to make the playoffs. No, but compared to the last three years under Blasio or Basho, it's been... Probably their best season. Absolutely. And a lot of people want to point out that, oh, well, the defense has been, hasn't been playing well. I don't know if that's actually the case. And the reason that I say that is because most of the goals that I've like a lot of the goals that I've seen over the last week, at least, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on the last week, and Muzzin hasn't been there. But they haven't been like grade A scoring chances. Their no, shots. they've been softies. They just been... get through the pads. They've yeah. gone through the blocker side. It's just the positioning is off. You're like, ooh, you got to cut the corner if you're a keeper there. You got to... Sorry, goaltender. You have to come out a little bit more. Like, be a little aggressive. Take away the net. They're not doing that. No, they're not. And it's... Like, I'm not saying the defense has been lights out. Don't get me wrong. Like, They've been giving up shots, but a lot of the shots have been coming from the outside. That Tom yeah. Wilson's second goal against the Caps, where he came down the wing and just shot it far post, like, yeah, he probably put it in one of the best spots to do it, but he was outside of the circle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I will give the Leafs defense credit. Yeah. That they're trying to keep things away from the middle of the ice. But everything that's, it's just come out like, you know, when, they, when your, your minor league coach tells you put everything on net? Good things yeah. happen when you put it on net, and that's what's happening. And the Leafs are the uh, goaltending is leaky. That's yeah. what I'm seeing. It's really sad. It's it's really it's, tough it's, to watch because I don't yeah. think that they're this bad. No, no. Offensively, they they look really good. That Marner line is clicking. Uh, John Tavares is driving the net really well right now. I do like the fourth line with Spezza and Simmons playing together. Uh, yeah. Andre Kasha's getting his shot back, which is really good. So, like, we're missing these really good positive things about the Leaves because we're worried about the fact that Jack Campbell, who stole things for them last season, can't do it this season. Yeah. I just... It's, it's, really hard to figure this, kind of it's just really hard to figure this team out right now. Mm-hmm. It, it's like every every... Season, there's a new thing that's an issue, right? Like last year was the run and gun style defense not being good enough. Uh, the year before, it's like the Fords aren't showing up in games. Um, and this year, it's goaltending. So it's just cycle. And like, it's a scary stat when you look at the uh, goal saved above average. Um, 
Campbell's at 9.6. So that's not terrible. It's not mm-hmm. incredible, but it's not terrible. Peter Morazic is a negative 6.9 goals saved above average. So he's letting in almost seven. He's let in almost seven more goals than the average goaltender would have in the same starts. As a team, they're at 0.7 goals saved above average. So they're getting, literally, they are getting average goaltending. Right? That's blowing my mind. That was not the conversation last. No, it's not. And I don't know where it comes down to, because at the beginning of the year, Campbell was lights out. Right? The first two months, he was incredible. But that's not what we're talking about now. We are talking about him being questionable. Yeah. And it isn't just a a two-week period. This is since December, like the stat that you pulled out earlier. Yeah. This is almost a four-month issue. Yeah. Like, this isn't a one- or two-week thing anymore. We were all saying, oh, it's just a slump. Oh, it's just a slump, right? It's now a three-month slump. Right? Before, just to put this into perspective, before... December 1st, Jack Campbell had a 943 save percentage and a 172 goals against. Now you compare that to the 8, what did I say, 898 or 893 save percentage since December 3rd? And a 357 goals against average. Something's not right. Something's not right. You also get shellacked against Buffalo. That also, yeah, right? but that 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 one, the whole team just forgot what they were doing. Yeah, they just weren't they weren't paying attention against Buffalo. And you know what? Sometimes those games happen. I'm okay with a bad game, right? But when the team is, I, I when I think the players are playing well, and it's the goalie that's kind of letting you down, mm-hmm. that's an issue. Yeah, I'm just going back to see a couple of the lead games. Right, they like, played well. They played well. Three. Yeah, like they've played that. The the game against the Wild was very well done. Yeah. Um, the game against... Uh, who did they? I just saw them. Detroit was an interesting game. I will say that. Like you, sh- As you said, you shouldn't be going back and forth with the Red Wings, but at the same time, like it was just one of those games. But the offense was firing. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really matter. Um, like they could have won that game seven one. It could have that's that's just suffocate the other team. Seven two. Mm-hmm. They were up seven two. Seven two. Sorry, yeah. Seven two <laughs> six one. I'll give but, seven but two. Um, um, yeah. yeah, the game against Montreal was also a dud. You're allowed to have you're allowed to have a handful of dud games throughout the season, right? Yeah. I, I think the the thing is maybe not at this point in time though. There's maybe a month and a half left of the season you can't you have to be beating these these teams that are no playoff teams that's the thing like you you beat the caps and you beat the wilds who are very good teams this season but then lose to buffalo and montreal you know and allowed five goals in both those games you kind of go these are sorry there's no gimme games but this is a gimme game you're a very good team you're better than both teams you should be winning these games you should but you know what like every down the stretch Every, every big team, though, has those games against a team that they shouldn't lose to. Colorado has lost twice to Arizona this year. Yeah. I right? mean, it every has team to. has that one team they lose to. I get it. But, like, you can't... Like, a little bit more needs to come out of that game. Yeah. I agree. I'm not, I'm not denying that. No. I agree with you. It's like um, the Raptors. The Raptors are good against a lot of the bigger teams and then lose to Detroit three times in the season. That's a different story. <laughs> the Dwayne Casey factor. Um. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and it, it they they need to figure something out. And I don't think the answer is to go get a goalie in in the trade market either. Like, I don't think that's mm-hmm. the solution to this problem because I don't think it really matters. You're not going to get an elite goalie in the trade. It's just not going to happen. Everyone's like, oh, well, what about Mark Andre Fleury? Okay, what are you going to have to give up to get Mark Andre Fleury? 
Yeah, I mean, Chicago knows the the Leafs need a goaltender. So hello, yeah, Let's and they're looking to price. they're looking to rebuild. Their GM just said that. Their new GM just said that. So listen, everybody's available. Taves and Kane have been made available. So no, you're not getting Mark Andre Fleury. And after him, who else is available that is an elite goaltender? Bueller. Bueller? Yeah, nobody. I understand. It's exactly my point. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Nobody. Like... There's nobody. Because all the other teams have two goalies that they want to keep because playoffs. Usually you need two goalies lately. Think about all the yeah. teams that have won recently. Yeah. <clears throat> right? Yeah. We've Pittsburgh seen... comes to mind. Huh? Pittsburgh comes to mind. Vegas' yep. run comes to mind. I mean, Tampa Bay just has fast, and they're just wonderful that way. But, yes, but they're, they're an elite team at every position. Yeah. Um, but we're talking like a team Matt that Murray? does. Would you go get Matt Murray? No. If he play... hey, Hold on. If he plays no. <clears throat> for a better team, no? No. I don't want to give either Campbell or Morazic to Ottawa and have them fucking show out like they're great. Pardon my language. It'd be great. <clears throat> James Reimer? I could see Reimer, but what do you have to give up? Because he's having a good year. On a really, really bad team, by the way. Sharks go, you want Optimus Rhyme? We get Matthews. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that I don't think that one would fly. <clears throat> a desperate Reimer? the Leafs? Reimer's at nine sixteen. A percentage with a 284 goals against on the season. Oh, he's on been a very not good San Jose team. No. Making unreal saves. Yeah, he's looked really good. Could I see James Reimer coming back? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to happen? Absolutely not. What's his... The other thing is, what's his contract, right? Mm-hmm. I think I he's, he is sitting at a 225. Cap hit. It's a, it's a reasonable cap. Like if you send Morazic the other way, let's say, then you can. Yeah, you can make you can it work. Money. He also has a modified no trade clause, so he might put Toronto on that no trade clause. Hmm. Wonder what his. I don't know what his no trade clause is though. Includes okay. a five team no trade list. So he he submits his five teams that he will not be traded to. Hmm. So, I mean, maybe looking over to the aisles, like, would you take a bite at Orlamov? I would, but it wouldn't go very well. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to. The think Islanders aren't the Islanders aren't going to because they don't have an elite team in front of them, so no. they're going to probably need both goaltenders down the stretch. Um. I mean, you're getting Morazic or Campbell the other way. I mean, maybe not Campbell, probably Morazic. I, I still, I still don't see it happening. Just because, I don't. <laughs> Do you go to Boston and go get Tuka Rask's rights? No, no, because he he can't play. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> he's not coming. <laughs> he can't play. Uh-huh. That's the problem. Like I'm. I'm also thinking of other Canadian teams that need goaltending as well, right? Like the market is is very thin for available goaltenders, but like you know, Edmonton needs an upgrade, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I can I see Flurry being a Flurry being a potential option for the Oilers instead of it's a, it's a much more realistic option, hmm. much more realistic. So, um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they go. They're 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 linked to more defensive options. I think that's what. Uh, yeah, and that's right. And that's where they're. Yeah, that's where they're going to go. And that's uh, ironically, Lynn May just wrote that in the in the chat there, Irfan. So you're ahead of the game here, my friend. Um, yeah, defense is probably the the target. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know who they get though. Can I suggest the name? I was actually thinking about this, and it's probably way out in left field, but I know I wasn't in that conversation with you and Kyle. Um, this player, 
Ready? Zidane Ochoa. I'm always ready. No. Go no, away. let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. He doesn't have to play and eat your minutes too much. But having a locker room presence for someone who knows how to get past the first round and also who's going to expect a lot from your teammates at a high level, why not? And I mean, it, it's probably not going to happen, but I'm just saying that why not bring in someone who knows the playoffs, knows the grind, and knows what to ask of his players? Even if he doesn't play 20 minutes a night. Listen, ask me a question. Yes. If this was two years ago, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. But can you tell me that Chara will walk into the Leafs dressing room and be able to connect with this team? I feel like he can. But I've also seen him play in my, in my, on my team for 10 years. Right. Or with more. what age group of people? Think Guys, about, he, think about this Leafs yeah. team, though, right? This is no, not I Boston. I get that. I'm just saying that, you know, when you bring in that one presence that everyone goes, damn, I can actually like, like that's somebody I would listen to. Cause if JT listens to him, cause he already knows Chara. Yeah. I'm just, Wait. I'm just trying to think of a way for the Leafs to get over that first round hurdle, yeah. which looks like it's going to be Tampa Bay in the first round. And I think, you Tampa know, bringing, or Florida, right. Like it's going to be one of the better teams in that division. Why not bring in a veteran presence? Like bring someone in that's gonna demand that that level of play needs to come up. Or like you know, uh, JT or Matthews or Marner or Nylander are struggling in the first two games of the playoff series. Why not just have someone sit down beside them and go, "Hey, here's how to like try and get out of this situation." Like he's seen Ovi in the playoffs. You know, he's seen Marchand in the playoffs when he was struggling. He's seen Pasternak in the playoffs, David Krejci. Like, the list goes on of players who have gone through the ups and downs in the playoffs, and they've always bounced back. Maybe it's not just because of Chera, but at least having someone to be like, this is what I've seen. Why don't we try this tonight and try and get them over that hump? Like, I really want to see the Leafs win a playoff series this year. Yeah. Here's my question, though, Irfan. Sure. What what parent... I need you to answer the question before I can go further into this. If sure. the Leafs somehow get Char, yeah, what pairing does he play on right away? Sandine. Which is what, your third pair? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not bringing... We don't need third pair. We have the three guys that play third pair. Right. What, what the Leafs need right now is a top four defenseman, preferably mm-hmm. a top who, but depending on who you bring in, Brody would probably slide back with Riley, mm-hmm. right? The only reason he's yeah. playing second pair right now is because Muzzin's out and they're trying to split those two up because they're our two best defensemen right now. Correct. They need a top four guy. A guy who is a legit top four guy and might be a top four guy for a few years because we have a lot of defensemen who can slide in and in and out of that top four but are more realistically right now third pairing defensemen. Lilgren, right. Dermott, Sandine, even Hall, right? Right, yeah. And I don't disagree with you on that factor. The issue, though, is teams know what the Leafs want. Yes. And that market is going to be very expensive. Yeah. And I think you have to do what it. are they willing? I know, but what are they willing to give up? Muzzin. They're willing to trade Jake Muzzin to get a top four defenseman, yes. a top two defenseman. Okay. I, uh, sorry, let me correct that. I am. What about the next year where half the money is tied up in five players? That top two defenseman is going to ask for a, a boatload of cash. That's why you get a guy like Chikrin, who has at least, I think he's at least another. Let me confirm that before I say that out loud. Yeah. Oh, let me correct that. He has three more years at 4.6. So basically what Barty said was they should have got Labushkin and Pickering. The, the problem was they couldn't. No. They didn't have the cap space. No. They have the cap space right now with Muzzin on LTIR. So preferably, and I said this last week to Kyle on the show, is that what you do is you set two trades in place with Arizona if you're smart, right? Mm-hmm. One of them to get Chikrin right now, 
and another to send Muzzin back in the offseason. Because you can't you can't keep them both in the offseason. But assuming Muzzin is gone for the remainder of the regular season, but you yeah. want to keep him around for playoffs, because let's not well, let's not sugarcoat it. Like Muzzin is a top four defenseman on this team. Agreed. He might not be playing great right now, but he is a top four defenseman on this team. And when it comes to playoffs, you need a guy like him to be able to shut somebody down. Yeah. So you keep him around. Keep him around. Mm-hmm. You have you bring Chikrin in. Mm-hmm. And then in the offseason, you ship Muzzin out. Because you gotta you gotta ship him out. I don't think oh. I don't think he's the answer next season. But for no, this season, he can help in the playoffs because you're not going to get two guys. Not, not going to happen. Mm. So they need to go get a top player like Jake Chikrin and make it work. Yeah, I can see that happening too. I was just trying to give another option to get a better voice in the locker room. Which... Right, and I, and I understand bringing in a voice, mm-hmm. but Chara's not doing a whole lot. Right <laughs> no, no, he's not. I think right? he needs a change in. He and needs I a change in uh, scenery as well. And I don't. So. I don't think it's worth the Leafs going out to get a voice at this point because right. all the guys know. Not like it's not like they're unaware of what's happened in the playoffs over the last few years, right? They were there, most of them. Most they them know there. exactly what's going on. So bringing in bringing in a player just to be a voice. Doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Bringing in a player who happens to be a voice but is also very productive—that I would make. That would make more sense to me. It would, but the market for one of those might be very steep for the, the Leafs. Absolutely. That's what I'm still worried about. But at this point, the Leafs are all in. They have to be all in. You gotta go all in. You're, mm-hmm. You can't keep doing this. Yeah. Because eventually, players are going to want to leave. At the end of contracts, guys are going to leave. You can't win. If they can't figure out how to win, the team will be be without many players. Mikheyev probably won't sign next year. That's way way out of left field already. I know we're looking way ahead. I don't think Mikheyev signs back next year. No. Players want to go in there and win and not be in the same cycle. Clifford probably doesn't sign back next year because he's not playing. No. Engvall probably, oh, he's an RFA, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, there'd be a lot of question marks if uh, if they don't get out of the first round. There'd be a lot of question marks if they don't go to the conference final. See, my, my, my goal for them is to get to the second round. Like the conference final, it's, yeah. it's, that's the team that they have should technically be at the conference final. Yeah. But winning one series is I think a win for them right now. Realistically though, like this is another conversation I want to be. Um sure. the East is going to be an absolute gong show in the playoffs. Because yeah. there are probably five very scary teams in the East. Yep. Whereas in the West it's it's very unbalanced. Right? Am I am I wrong in saying that? Like the East is no, so it, much better. It's very different to a couple of years ago where the West was like everyone's gonna beat each other up and then come banged into the, the Stanley Cup finals. And this the last two years I think the East has been a lot better. A lot better. Um like you you know, like you probably won't get, you know, Carolina Pittsburgh at one point, right? You're gonna get Washington just having a good year. Uh New York's having a good year, right? As long as they can get their, as long as Washington can get their goaltending figured out, they're having a good year. Yeah, and then the two Florida teams—that's that's that's six solid teams that have enough depth, enough goaltending. Maybe question mark around Washington, like you said, but enough enough depth to be going to deep into the playoffs. Right. Just to put this into perspective about how mm-hmm. dominant the East has been. Boston, yep. who is currently sitting in fourth in the Atlantic, seventh in the East overall, mm-hmm. would be third in the West. 
right? Second in both divisions in the West. Colorado is 18 points clear, or sorry, 14 points clear of second in their division and 13 points clear of second in the conference. 13 points clear of second in the conference. Mm -hmm. There is a 14-point gap between first and eighth in the East. Colorado has that gap in their division. If you take Colorado out of the West, does any team in the West scare you? Calgary. I've been really impressed by Calgary. Which, by the very... way, Calgary and uh, Colorado tonight. Yes, I have been impressed with Calgary, so I will correct my statement. If you take Colorado and Calgary out of the West, does any team remaining scare you? Maybe Mini. And okay. that's it. Maybe Mini. Maybe Vegas if they're healthy, like. But uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of maybes. Yeah. If you take the top two teams in the divisions, Tampa and Carolina, out of the East, I'm still terrified. Like I don't want to play Florida. Nope. I don't really want to play Pittsburgh. I don't want to play New York because Shesterkin has been so good. It's like Vasilevsky mm -hmm. on I will albeit a slightly weaker team. Mm -hmm. But when you it doesn't really matter when it comes to playoffs. When you have a top goaltender, it's it's elite. I don't even really want to play Boston because despite the fact that I won't I would say their goaltending hasn't been like crazy good. Although if Swayman credit, he was the rookie of the month last month. I'll give him credit. But it's not the goaltending that they used to have. It's not Tuka Rask. It's not Tim Thomas. No. Right? They have a good platoon. Remember that question about Linus Allmark that I asked a few months back? Yeah. He's delivered. He I'll has. Absolutely. That. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll give you credit for that, buddy. Yeah. Um, but I just don't know where they go from here. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in the West because the West is not good. No. Like, I mean... You if, might get if, the Blues who wake up in the playoffs and end up like steamrolling. Maybe, people. maybe. Right, Dallas is seven two and one over the last ten games, but they're still five points back a second. They're in a playoff spot, but they're five points back a second. Nashville, yep. who was a huge surprise at the beginning of the year, has fallen off the face of the earth. Anaheim, same thing. Both of them are three six and one over the last ten. Vancouver I mean, under Bruce Boudreaux is playing better hockey. Yeah, absolutely. They're seven and three it, in their last ten as well. So. Yeah. Is there any reason that they can't get ahead of Edmonton? Probably if Edmonton doesn't fix their goaltending situation yeah, in the playoffs. It's yeah. totally possible. It's like that's the thing. Like the questions in the West are who's gonna make the playoffs because there's a lot of teams that are like, eh. They're okay, they're good. Like, but none of them scare me. I'm still baffled by the 14 points clear in the central. Like that is that is ridiculous. I mean, it shows how good Colorado's been, don't get me wrong. No. They're just playing complete hockey. Like very good hockey. Yeah. Best goal differential in the league. Most yeah. goals for, I believe. Sorry, second most goals for. Trailing only Florida, who, by the way, I was not expecting to be a goal-scoring power. I thought they just weren't going to give up goals. Turns out they're both. <laughs> Got some talent, yep. <laughs> like, there's just... The yeah. questions in the East are, which team do you want to play? Well, if you're the Leafs, who do you want to play? Washington? I'm the Leafs? In the division, if I'm the Leafs... I want to play Boston. Right. Which is crazy to say. Very crazy to say. If you've ever asked a Leaf fan who they want to play in the playoffs, Boston is usually not the first team that comes out of their mouth. No. It's literally a battle for first. Whichever team gets first gets the easiest round. Which is Washington, apparently. 
Wouldn't it be Boston? Okay, I'm always confused by the wild card. If there's two, one wild card from each division, I thought they play within their division. No, it's uh, the so right now, um, Carolina would get Washington because they have, they have the, most the most points. points. Yeah, and Tampa would get Boston. But if let's say they the Atlantic is better, like the top team is, then they'll get Washington. Well, if Washington it goes, has it goes points. Yeah, it goes. Uh, best team gets the worst wild card. And then second best gets the. I thought for some reason I thought if no, there was don't... one from each. Well, that's why that's why the Leafs had to play Washington a couple years ago. Remember in that first round? You mean because Columbus. of that hole. No, no. Remember when they played Washington a few years ago under Babcock, where the 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 Caps were first, and then Leafs made the second wild card, and so they had to play each other. Oh, and then yeah, same yeah. thing with that. Yeah, you're right. Same thing with the well, like the the Columbus series was was different because of. Yeah, the COVID it's tournament. The bubble. Yeah. But yeah, essentially, that's what it is. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to be... Regardless, it's going to be a gong show. East was it's going to be a like, battle to the end. Yeah, usually I always tell you the West games captivate me, but like that Carolina-Pittsburgh game last night, like, oh, that's that's some playoff hockey going on right there. The Colorado-Calgary game is going to be fun tonight. It's going to be fun tonight, yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. All right, dude, you know what? Let's wrap this bad boy up. Yep. Tire fire time. Sure. You have a good one, so hit us with it. Sure. It's Leafs goaltending. We spent a solid 35 minutes on it, but it's Leafs goaltending. Um, like I said at the top of the show there, or earlier in the segment, you know, it was the fours are an issue, the defense was an issue, now it's goaltending. And uh, I really hope they get this fixed, especially if they want to keep winning. Yeah. Yeah, it's. That's a good one. Can't really add much more. We've already we've already kind of dominated that conversation. Yeah, that's fine. Um, my tire fire. Hmm. This, this one's also a very good one. Bill Mickelson. Period. Yes. End of conversation. Bill Mickelson by himself has been a absolute tire fire this week. Actually, for the past couple of weeks. We can go back to those comments that he made about the Saudi Golf League. Those, in and of itself, were ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Since then, he has been put on blast by Rory McIlroy, which was hilarious, by the way. He apologized for his comments. Stated that he was going to take a bit of a lengthy break to, to reset. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> This week, he posted something about winning the, uh, what is it, PIP. I can't remember. What, uh, hold on. Let me get it right. Uh, player, PGA Player Impact Program, right? Mm-hmm. And the, Which is basically like who has the most social media coverage in the year. Right, right. He came out and said that he had won. Literally came out and said, "Yep, um, I'm I'm winning." And, and then it came out that he didn't win. Tiger won. Tiger won the eight hundred eight million dollar prize for this, and Tiger put him on blast. Like took took a screenshot of his tweet, Mickelson's tweet, and put whoops. Not having a good couple of weeks. I I don't even know what. How do you come back from that? That lengthy break should be a year or more. <laughs> and then to oh, yeah. add on to it, I'm not even done. He is missing the Players Championship upcoming. So he's been going through all this stuff off the course, and now he's missing the Players Championship as well. Just not not an ideal week for uh, Mr. Phil Mickelson. Not an ideal couple weeks, but we'll call it a week. Uh, final thought now, Erfan, hit it up. Sure. Uh, Bodog came out with their all-time Canadian athlete ranking, which I'm a little... I'm questioning some names. Um, also wondering why Christine Sinclair isn't on it. If you get a chance, uh, I'm going to retweet it 
now or after the end of the show. Um, so if you get a chance, you can uh, chime in or if you're in our chat now, please chime in on what you think or who you agree with and who you disagree with. I mean, Terry Fox is number one. No problem with that, with that one. That one can stay. Wayne Gretzky's two, Clara Hughes, Mario Lemieux, Steve Nash, Haley Wickenheiser, Sidney Crosby, Mike Weir, George St. Pierre, and Bret Hart are your top 10. So let us know what you think about that. Um, a little caught off guard because Christine Sinclair is the highest scoring international player of all time. And I say all time because she's ahead of everybody, even the men's. So little surprised that that's not there. A uh, couple names that are being thrown out by some fans have been Maddie Philippe Poulin, who's just a fantastic hockey player. Tessa and Scott Virtue for Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer, sorry, uh, for their figure skating championship. I always think they're married. I'm sorry. Uh, Andre DeGrasse, Donovan Bailey, Claire Hughes is already on there. Um, so a lot of names are getting tossed out. Let us know what you think. Um, caught off guard that there's no Sinclair. Yeah, Sinclair should be on there. Yep. I love Mike Weir, but I don't think Mike Weir should be on the top 10. And they have him 8, so what do I know? But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Sinclair should be on there. I, I don't know if some of the other names you listed are there yet. I also think I hate to say this, but I think Clara Hughes is a little high on that list at number three. I know she's the most decorated Canadian athlete at the Olympics of all time. Mm-hmm. But I think, first of all, I think Sinclair should be three. I think it yeah. should be Fox, Gretzky, Sinclair. Um, I have no problem with that one. I then think it should be Steve Nash. For what he's done for the game of basketball in this country alone, mm-hmm. let alone what he was actually did on the court. Mm-hmm. So my top ten. We're sure. gonna do it quickly. Yeah. Fox, Gretzky, Sinclair, Nash, Wickenheiser, Lemieux. See, this is where I have problems. I'll probably put Clara Hughes after that. Mm-hmm. Then Crosby, then St. Pierre, then Bret Hart. And I know a lot of people are going to be saying, oh, well, why is a wrestler Bret Hart there? Well, he was an incredible athlete. This guy was insane. So mm-hmm. I think he deserves to be there. We're getting Damian Warner in the chat, yeah. by the way. Damian Warner, Cindy Klassen. Cindy Klassen, yeah. There's a yeah, lot of I'll... people who, like, we've had elite athletes in this, but if you're doing a top 10, you got to do the top of the top, right? I love oh, Damian Warner. I love his story. Of course. But he's had one super year of success maybe two like we're talking people like other than terry fox all the other people that we've mentioned have been elite for multiple years Mm -hmm. this is not a one-off no no you're not wrong i mean i I think we can debate a top 10 i mean the fact that there's a one to 10 is always going to have a debate exactly and that's fine right no uh (laughs) somebody tweeted christine sinclair christine sinclair Donovan Bailey, Christine Sinclair, Christine Sinclair, Christine Sinclair, Christine Sinclair, Christine Bodog Sinclair. did. Bret Hart. Yeah. Oh, it is Bodog. I didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> uh, Arash Madani yeah. uh, mentioned that Christine Sinclair should be on the list. Yeah. And Bodog decided to troll Arash Madani. I was like, that's, that's the person you decide to troll with? Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. Um... Uh, comments here that's you know try and get some you know Leo Re could be a, a name to toss in there if you wanted to with I guess his connection to hockey and being the legacy that was there. Um, Listen, I love Billy Willie O'Ree story. Billy, I don't know why it's Billy Willie O'Ree story. He's an absolutely incredible advocate for the game. Can you tell me who he was an, an elite player in the league? He was an elite player when he played in the NHL. No, right. That's my point. Like, yes, what he did for the game is is you can't. It's immeasurable. But to say he was one of the greatest athletes, period, you can't release. Yeah, I mean, people are tossing Iggy's name there, Jerome McGillna. 
that one I would have a, that one I would have an easier time defending. Uh, uh, Larry Walker's name getting tossed in there by some people. It's just very interesting mm, to see. I, I guess like hmm? I forgot yeah. about Walker. Larry he might Walker. be ten for me. I might have to drop Bret Hart. I would drop Bret Hart for it. I might have uh, to drop Bulldog Hart. going around um, uh, trolling people with the Christine Sinclair thing like just not a rash but everybody who's asking about it um yeah so hey let us know what you think uh obviously it's it's up for debate because we all come from a different perspective on who we think should be there we also come from different eras too right like we do someone who comes from a different era than you and me might have a very different impact ranking for for athletes so yeah like a lot of people here that are a little bit older that are commenting are, are saying David Warner, right? Well, that, that wouldn't be someone we necessarily would pick. I wouldn't pick him top 10, but he'd probably be top 15 for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fergie Jenkins. Yeah, I, I'd still take Walker over Jenkins. Oh, I know. Somebody went can can Gretzky drunk uh sorry dunk or or throw a baseball <laughs> like okay yep now it's getting a little ridiculous I'm gonna I'm gonna stop but he actually you know. can throw a baseball it's been proven it's a half decent not a great ball but half decent yeah um yeah it's a that's a good one or fun I like that one well done yeah. um my final thought is. Russian athletes have been getting removed from sporting. Uh, Haas today announced that they have canned their driver. Um, now, I've I've seen mixed reviews about this one because he was also kind of a dangerous driver on the on the F1 circuit. Yeah. Like some people are like, I I don't agree with why, but I do agree with the fact that he probably shouldn't be on this the circuit. I'm like, okay, get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's an interesting situation when it comes to players or athletes not being allowed to compete on teams or whatever. We've seen a lot of non-Russian athletes leave Russian teams. Yeah. Um, coaches. Lots of coach. Yeah. Coaches as well. Over the next few weeks or however long this is going on, it's going to be interesting to see who actually stays with their teams and who can no longer do it. Also, Huge down to the Washington Capitals for banning Ukrainian and Russian flags at their game. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want people to be offended by a Ukrainian flag. Listen. If someone's getting offended by a Ukrainian flag right now, it says a lot about them. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you're not wrong. So with that, we are done, my friend. If you're looking to follow us on Twitter, it's at Garage Door Sport, at Garage Door Sports on Instagram. Make sure you add that S. If you're looking for us individually, it's at Nick McVicker and at Irfan Manji because we like to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you turn in next week. We will have more sports talk for you. Hopefully, Kyle will be back. Um, and until then, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.